What's up gamers, Glenn the Commissioner Gordon here. Just in case you're wondering, this is not an actual episode of RDGH. During episode 29, that's this week's episode, we decided to discuss The Last of Us in full as played on the PlayStation 4. And since it had spoilers, we said that we would put it at the end of the episode after the ending music. We spent much longer than intended talking about the game, so instead of appending it to an already rather long episode, we created a new sub-episode, um, imagine me saying that with air quotes, just for our The Last of Us discussion. I can't stress this enough. If you have not finished playing The Last of Us, stop the podcast right here. Do not continue. Do not pass go. Turn around and run as fast as you can right now because this discussion will completely spoil the game for you. If you have finished the single-player campaign of The Last of Us, stick around. Tune in next week for episode 30. Enjoy, and don't be a racist. Are you still here? Yes, yeah, I'm here. here. Yay, okay. Um, so you guys have all played The Last of Us, right? Kind I of, yes. You've played some of it. I know you haven't finished it, Ben, so we won't we won't talk about we won't talk too much about the end. I'll just let us know when it starts getting too much. No problem. Okay. I, I I said I'm half asleep anyway, so I should be alright anyway. Okay. I'll probably just think I dream it all. <laughs> um get, ha, have you played the remastered version at all? Yeah, I bought the remastered. I haven't played much of it yet. I played more of the original than I have the remastered so far. Okay. Um, what about you, Gary? Did you play the remastered? Yes, I have the remastered. Cool. I haven't finished it. I'm playing... I got the remastered, and this is the first time I'm playing The Last of Us. And I originally um, didn't want to play The Last of Us because I knew it was about zombies, and I'm so over the whole zombie thing. Um, in fact, someone on the podcast was like, no, it's not. they're not zombies. They're something else. And well, they're plot zombie thing. I played it and no, they're freaking zombies. Like they're they're <laughs> that's exactly I don't know where he said why he said I don't remember who it was, but he said they're not zombies. They're zombies. You know, they're zombies with a backstory. The only difference is that they didn't crawl out from underground. They are zombies. Like they bite they bite you and they turn you into one of them. They're these freaking things that can't see and just kind of run around and attack you for no reason. They're freaking zombies. And um well, I don't know. Well, shall I just tell you, since, I, since I'm playing it for the first time, so, so should I just kind of tell you how I felt about it all? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Okay, the first scene... Okay, the first scene was really good, because originally you have, like, um, this girl who's sitting on the couch, and she gives her dad, Joel, a watch for his birthday. And, you know, it, it feels like a really innocent scene, but... There, there's something really good about it because you really, without really pointing it out specifically, you really kind of see how Joel's relationship with his daughter Sarah works. Like he, you, you know right away he's not he's not a guy who says you know thank you and I love you and you're the best daughter ever, but you can tell that he loves his daughter a lot and you can tell that his daughter knows that, and and so you you have. A, a really good picture of their relationship. And, and then, you know, you go and you get to play as Sarah and, and something's going on and, and things are, things are going wrong. You don't know where your dad is and you're, you're walking around this dark house and, and you get to be her and you get to kind of feel how vulnerable she is. And at this point I noticed right away how good Naughty Dog was at keeping the UI um, out of the way. Uh, the the whole picture was the game. There was no big HUD. There was a uh, heads-up display with controls all over it. Very little words. The only thing you would see was when there was something that you needed to um, act upon. A little, and I mean little, a little circle with the little green triangle symbol for PlayStation. Um, and you'd press, and then you'd know to press the triangle button. But other than that, the UI was just completely out of the way, and so you were just full into what was going on. Um, and, you're, and you're walking around, and, and you can really feel how vulnerable she is. She's concerned. Like, she just gave her dad this present. She's woken up in the middle of the night. Um, there was a, because of a phone call from, I think, her Uncle Tommy. And, you know, something's going on. 
And, you know, you walk around and you go into the kitchen and, and your dad comes in, Joel, and he seems shaken. And, you know, things are happening the, on the news. You, you watch the news. And, and that's another example of how good Naughty Dog is at keeping the UI out of the way because there is no direction. There is no arrow pointing you where you need to go. They just place things in the world that makes you naturally want to go there. Like, for example, you walk out of your bedroom and the TV is on and you see the door is cracked and you see the light from the TV and you immediately know that's where I want to go. And, and it's not like the game's telling you to go there. It's just like you're Sarah and you walk out of the room looking for your dad and wondering where he is and you look down the hall and the TV's on and you naturally want to go there. That's what she would do. And so that's what you want to do. And the way the game guides you along instead of just telling you where to go is really, really good. Um, and so you get to this point where, um, okay, there's just this catastrophe going on and, and people are dying and people are turning into these things. There's a pandemic going on. We have to get out of here. We have to evacuate. And, and you really don't get a, a, you get a sense of panic, but you don't really get a sense of just how bad it is until you actually get in the car and get out there and you see what this pandemic has been turning people into. And, and you start seeing, you know, people are running through the street, there's fire, there's destruction. Your Uncle Tommy and Joel are just like, we've got to get out of here, we've got to escape. And, and there's just a sense, there's just this big connection between Joel and Sarah because the whole time, even though he's in the middle of trying to save their lives, he's also trying to protect her. And by protect her, I don't just mean physically. I mean, the whole time he's like, you know, cover your eyes. Don't look at this. It's okay, baby girl. We're going to get out of here. Hang in there. He's trying to keep her calm. He's trying to keep her scared. He's, he's not just trying to keep her safe. He's trying to protect her from the craziness of what's going on around him. Even, even when they get into a, a, a big accident, the truck hits them. And, you know, you, you can sure they're all hurting after that. He's like, hang in there, baby. Like, that's the first thing he says. Hang in there, Sarah. Hang in there. And so they get out, and they've almost made it, and they meet this soldier, and at this time, I personally, me, I'm just sitting here like, I'm into this. I'm into this. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's, I have no clue what's going to happen because the way they have it laid out is like a movie almost that I'm in. Like, they've, they've told the story so brilliantly. They've introduced you to the characters in just the right way at just the right time. And you get to this soldier, and he, his orders are not to let you pass like you want to to let you pass to safety because there's a pandemic going on, you see. And so his orders are to keep the pandemic from escaping into the rest of the area. And so his orders are to kill Joel and Sarah. And so he opens fire, but Joel ducks down. And at this point, I'm like, oh my goodness, Joel got shot. It looks like Joel got shot because like he had grunted and he, he was kind of staggering a bit. And then, you know, Tommy comes and he's like, Joel, are you okay? He's like, yeah. And he looks back and it's like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. And you realize that it's not Joel that got shot, but somehow it's Sarah. It's his daughter that got shot. This girl that you have met, that you've seen their connection, you've seen their relationship. She loves her dad. She gave him this watch. He's been protecting her all this time and she's shot and she's on the ground. And at this point I'm thinking... Well, you know, yeah, she's shot. That's crazy. My mouth is open. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But it's a game, you know? And these are the main characters. So, obviously, it all turns out all right. And just the voice acting is so incredible because Sarah sounds legitimately like she's just frightened and in pain. And in my mind, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to be trying to get her to a hospital. I'm going to try and get Joel to a hospital. I'm going to try to get her to a hospital. Everything's going to be okay. But then to my shock she just stops making sound and she dies. And at that point, I am like, no, no way. I, I can't believe that just happened. And I'm completely shocked. And I, listen, I'm a crybaby, okay? I, I cry at sad movies. You know, I, it's, never, it's never anything big. It's usually just like, oh, it's okay. I got something in my eye, that kind of thing. But like, I actually felt grief at that point. I felt like I had lost someone. Someone that I had come to know, even just for a little bit. I, it felt like I had met Sarah, and it felt like I had met Joel. And when Sarah died at that point, I felt like I was 
gonna lose it. Like I felt like I was actually like I had tears coming down. My, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna? What, what's gonna happen? He just lost Sarah. That can't be. And at that point, even as all of this is happening, even as I'm experiencing this. Uh, this bit of grief here, and it, it wasn't like I just like lost my dad or someone, and I was just cross sobbing. But you know, I still felt the pain of losing something. And even as I'm thinking that, I'm like, "Okay, Naughty Dog, you're good. You're freaking good because you told this story in such a way that I care so much about these characters that I feel a sense of loss when one of them dies." Naughty Dog is excellent when it comes to telling a story, and this rang true throughout the whole game. Um, the story that it had to tell was really good. Um, although, let me that said, let me say that I think that part of that is owed to the weight of the decisions, the weight of what's going on. Um, Naughty Dog does an incredible job of telling the story, yes. But it's also not your everyday video game story. It's not your everyday movie story. This is a very, very heavy story where very heavy decisions are made and... and it's not your normal kind of story, um, but Naughty Dog did a fantastic job of telling it. Uh, let me say this. Um, the gameplay I didn't enjoy as much as the story at all. Um, basically, if it was just the gameplay and it wasn't for the story, I would have probably quit this game um, because I the whole thing about the zombies, it got repetitive. It took forever. Like you, you would basically start somewhere, and the game would tell you, "Okay, I'm here, and I have to get over there to this bridge or something across the city," and it would take you literally like two hours to get from here to there because you'd have to go through this big building for some reason that was littered with either hunters or zombies. And you know, you you learn that there are different kinds of zombies. There are runners, and there are clickers, which are far more annoying. And then there are stalkers, but I never actually met a stalker, or at least I never met anything that was pointed out to me as a stalker. I was just told that stalkers exist. And so the whole time you're just shooting these things, and you're, you're in this state of tension because you feel like anything could pop out. And I, I found myself rolling my eyes eventually. It was interesting at first, but very quickly I started feeling like, I started getting a sense of dread every time I would have to, I would see, okay, there's a, a thing that I have to reach. Oh, snap, I have to go through this building. I would be like, do I have to do this right now? Like, it, it, became, it became tedious. It, it stopped being really fun, and it started being a little bit tedious. Um, and, and so the zombie thing, I'm still over it. I don't give a crap about zombies you know, I, I don't I don't even know if I would play this game a second time, uh, not because I didn't enjoy the story, but just because the gameplay became tedious for me, uh, going around and just killing all these. And then then you have the ones that you can't do do anything about until you upgrade your weapon, and they cut the clickers and they come and grab you in the face and you die. And it, it got old to me. Um, but you know, as the game can, the story is really really good. It, you get. Not only just the story, but the world around you, the notes that you find from people who have either survived or not survived, um, like this guy named Ish and his little group of people that he had tried to save in this little place. You know, you get all sorts of really good stories from this world. And if anything, I would call Naughty Dog a group of just master storytellers because no one has really told a story in a video game like this before. You know, a, a video, when you think of a video game, you don't always think about, you know, storytelling. But that's what this is. This is a game that's about storytelling and not just storytelling, but actually being in the story and being part of these decisions in some way. And, and that's really part of the genius behind it. Um, because it, it's so out of the ordinary. It's so, it's just not another shooter. It's not just another thing. It, it's an experience that you actually go through with these characters. And Naughty Dog is very, very good at making you go through them, uh, go through it with them. Um, so as for me, I would give this game an eight. I wouldn't give it a 10. The gameplay got too repetitive, too predictable for me. Um, there was one part to that end, I, I think it was the hydroelectric plant, where I saw the hydroelectric plant and I automatically assumed, just based on my current experience, I'm going to have to kill zombies. But it turned out to be something else instead. 
Um, so that that's my experience with The Last of Us. Uh, an incredible game. This makes me just thrilled for um, Uncharted 4, and seeing as this might be the last Uncharted 4, even more, th- uh, even more thrilled for whatever Naughty Dog thinks of next. Um, so I've been talking for a long time. What, what did you guys, what was your experience with this? What, what do you think of my experience with it, too? You want to go ahead first, Ben, and then I'll get in because I finished it? Uh, well, that's okay. You go first, Gary. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I agree with you with a lot of the points he made. Um, I'll start with the gameplay. Uh, I agree with you that the gameplay does get repetitive, and it feels like w- when you get to an area, you kind of expect, oh, okay, I'm going to a new area. There's a building. I'm going to have to go through these enemies. Then when I'm out of the building, I'm going to go to the more walking around, exploring, and having Ellie and and Joel talk to each other, you know, their little banters. Um, It kind of became kind of this, like, scripted sequence throughout the whole game where this happens, downtime. Action sequence, downtime, you know? Uh, But I wasn't bored of it like you were. Uh, Of course, you know, the whole zombie thing for you is... Will, will definitely turn you off. Um, I I have no problem with it uh, when it comes to like the action scene. I thought when you encountered the kind of the the, the human characters, it really changed it up because they they are a lot smarter. They hide. They try to flank you and things like that. You know, a lot of the cool sequences where you know you get grabbed and out of nowhere Ellie jumps on the guy's back and stabs him in the back with the, with a knife. You know, those things are awesome, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, there are always these, these random moments. You know, she'll pick up a brick and she'll throw it at an enemy that's about to shoot you. The the mechanics of the combat and the gameplay, I think, were really good. I I think the crafting and the survival system was really good. I was just bored with fighting the same, you know, having to deal with the same thing all the time. And, and, you know, there wasn't anything different and there was just so much of it. Like, in order in order to get from the wherever you start to the bridge, it takes, like, it takes like an, a good hour of just continuous this. And it, yeah, and it, it's kind of a problem throughout the whole game. And I think, in a way, I think the game is too long. But in a way, I also think the reason it's too long is because of the, you know, the relationship they try to tell that goes on between Joe and Ellie. You know, if you, if you made that same game in probably a, a five-hour game, uh, I think you'd lose a lot of the the connection. You won't care as much about the two characters and what goes on throughout, you know, the whole game with them. I mean, we go through four different seasons. Of the the game pretty much takes a whole year, right? Uh, from them traveling, you know, to to their destination. And I don't think uh, as a shorter game you would be able to to to, to do that to, to build that connection. And you know. If, when it comes to the story, though, just with you, you know, Naughty Dog, just incredible, just incredible storytelling, the facial animations, everything. You know, I've been saying for a long time that Troy Baker is pretty much the number one voice actor now. It was Nolan North, but I'm sorry, now it is Troy Baker. Did you know that Nolan North just... was in this game? I didn't realize that until I looked it up later. Yes, he is in the game. He plays the leader of the bandits trying to... Yeah, he's, you know, he's David. Yeah. Ben, have you met David yet in the game? Uh, I think, yeah, I did once, yeah. Have you... Yeah, when I played it on the PS3, I did. Okay, so you have not... You haven't finished the game ever yet, but you've played a bit of it on the PS3. Yeah, I played quite a bit of it on the PS3. I got so, you got to the, so you got to winter then? What? What's the latest... Yeah. Where are you in the game? How far... I, 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 it was about there that I stopped. Oh, where you met... Where Joel had his yeah. problem and then... Um, you met David as Ellie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's awesome. No North was it. I didn't recognize his voice either until I saw it in the credits. I'm like, holy crap, no one North. Yeah, awesome. I had no idea. But, you know, it's just the connection, the, the way they, they tell the story is just so incredibly done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it shows you the, the, the dread of this apocalypse that's happened. You know, you meet all these characters and you expect, oh, they're going to survive. You know, like the, the, the guy and, and his, his little brother, 
uh, the the two African American guys, Henry and Sam. Yeah, you know, you expect them. Oh, they're gonna go meet up with their group, or they're gonna find their group dead, and you know, they'll kind of go on their way. But no, no, they, it's even worse. It takes an unexpected turn, and, and yeah, it's even worse. And it's things like that that you're just like, oh my god, you know, this sucks. This apocalypse yeah. sucks. It's like the scariest apocalypse I've seen. <laughs> but the thing, you know, I, and, I think one thing that pulls it together is just how real they make the world feel. Like there are these moments, for example, like Ellie finds. Um, a book of some sort and she reads through it and it's like she says something along the lines of is this really all everyone had to worry about you know boys and and you know yeah shopping and, and tv and all this this is really all they had to worry about and things little things like that that and, and did you catch that story with ish um but i know that this both of you have passed ish um you know, um, it was after um, Henry left left Joel. Henry and Sam left Joel uh, basically for dead. And um, yeah. Joel had come back and, and they found this boat. And on this boat was a note that said something. Uh, but at the end of it was something like, um, if you find my skull, please don't step on it, ish. Um, and you go into this, you go into this place where, you know, there are these rules posted on the board, like keep the doors locked or whatever. And I didn't realize this until I found an article later about it on Kotaku, I think. But there's this whole story about Ish um, in the notes that you find. There's Ish and there's Kyle and there's some women, there's some children. And they basically take this and make this their home, their shelter. And it's all one big thing until someone accidentally accidentally forgets to lock a door. And that, that little detail is, is what basically does them in. And it's just like little things like that. Just they do is so they do such a great job of completing this world. Like you don't just have one perspective. You don't just have Joel's perspective. You don't just have Ellie's perspective. But there's Joel's, there's Ellie's, and then they take the whole world and kind of put it into perspective for you, which is which is really good. Like the the UI is out of the way. The story is weighty, but they tell it in. A, a very relatable way that you can understand and, and that kind of affects you. And it's, so, it's really easy to see why this is being such, it's such a critically acclaimed game. Um, and let me say, I, I probably won't play it a second time just because, you know, I've played it. It's like, I've seen the movie. I'm not really willing to spend all those hours in the dungeons killing zombies again um at least not right now not for the foreseeable future but when last but, but you should but when last of us two when, when last of us two comes out that one i will play yeah i was gonna say you should play the left behind dlc though yeah that, that does something else doesn't it yeah that that's the prequel story to ellie and what happened to her uh and her friend remember in the beginning she mentions uh her friend and her were at the mall when she got infected. So, yeah, that, that, the Left Behind DLC shows you what happened there. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I do recommend playing that. I haven't played it myself, but for more of the story. But, you know, a lot of people kept saying, you know, oh, the story is so predictable. You know what's going to happen at the end. No, and, I and had no it idea. It kind of is. I had no idea. Well, in a way, you, you kind of knew where it was going and what was going to happen when they got to the destination but i think i don't think it's it's that the 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 story how should i put this it's the story itself i don't think is is the big uh story i guess in 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 the whole grand scheme of things you know you have the beginning and the end and that's pretty much what a lot of people are looking at uh to me it's all about what happens in the middle and how they get to I mean, I think the whole story is told through their conversation. It's not about all the other characters you encounter. It's between the two of them and how Joel kind of becomes this father figure to her. And, you know, when he was going to, you know, give her up to, to his brother to take her to, to the Fireflies, you know, and she gets so pissed off, she runs off and, you know, she says all these things. And it kind of makes, it, it really weighs on, on the characters and, and you in particular as you're playing because you're like, I don't want to give her up. That's messed up. You know, you start kind of hating Joel 
at that point. Like, you asshole, why would you do that to her? Yeah. You know? And, you know, throughout the game, you know, he's he's never giving her a gun. He's trying to keep her from doing all these bad things. Yeah. And eventually, he's trying she to has protect to her. He's trying to protect her just like he did Sarah. Yeah, and eventually she has to use a gun to save his life, you know? And it kind of just shows you, you have to do all these bad, evil things in order to survive in this kind of world. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, you don't like it, but it happens, you know? And there's a lot of sad moments, and I think that's great. I think a lot of games kind of go with, you know, the happy, good good things that have, oh, everybody survives, it's all nice and dandy. That's not how the real world works, you know? Especially in a world like that. Right. You're... The, your favorite people are going to die. Your friends are going to die. Your family are going to die in horrible ways. And I think the game really shows that in, in a very, very well, well done way. I mean, like we said, Naughty Dog, you know, they're just geniuses in everything they do. I mean, the one scene when you're just hunting the deer with Ellie, you know, she's like, wow. And to me, that was an incredible scene, part of the game. I was like, wow, I'm hunting the deer and it's awesome. <laughs> You know, I'm like, where, where is Joel? You know, what happened to Joel? We don't know. Yeah, they're very, they're very good at that. Well, I mean, at that point, I, I kind of had a feeling like he was still alive. I, I had a feeling like he was still alive because yeah, but it took them so long to tell you. I mean, it's like two, three hours mm-hmm. up until you find out what's really where Joel really is. Right. And it's just. It's the journey. It's not the beginning and the end. It's the journey to, to it all that really matters. And it, to me, it's just the way they did it is incredible. And I hope they do the same thing with Uncharted. You know, everybody wants this happy, nice ending to the franchise. I don't. I want a sad, dark, gritty ending to Uncharted. People have to find Uncharted, in my opinion. I don't. I'm not. I, because the thing is, Last of Us is that kind of game. Uncharted really isn't. Un- Uncharted has um, a pretty established thing, and you can do a sad ending with. I think Sucker Punch kind of proved that with Infamous Two. You can do a sad thing with it, but you know it, it's it's not necessarily that kind of game. So you can do sad things, but you you kind of have to do them in the right way, you know. Um, you, otherwise, you kind of risk alienating people, and you risk you risk people kind of saying, "Oh, that sucked," you know. Whereas for Last of Us, for a game like The Last of Us, you know, it, it's something that you kind of expect could happen from the start of the game. You expect, oh, well, you know, this could go either way. Um, so you, you can you can do things like that, but you have to do them in the right way. And, and I'm not sure Uncharted is the kind of franchise that needs to take a very, very dark, gritty turn. Like, everyone dies but Nathan Drake and he's the only one left. <laughs> no, I'm you know? not saying that, but... At least one of the characters, in my opinion, has to die. That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. But, you know, uh, there's one more thing I want to say. I, well, before, the, the before biggest, you do, before you do, Ben, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Oh, okay. That, uh, that, and, you're, <laughs> that and you're half asleep. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, the, big, the biggest problem for me with that game, and it was a problem in the PS3 version, I, I was hoping they would address it in the PS4 version, but I hate the fact that you lose so much immersion in, in the game when your AI companions don't matter to the enemies like you do. Like They can be running around. Like There's parts where Ellie would just run right into a clicker and push him out of the way just to get to me, and the clicker won't react. But the moment... I do anything, that thing is right on me. Yeah, and you know what? I also noticed some really weird graphical issues. Um, For example, light would do weird things, such as shining through solid objects. Um, For example, in in the first part, you you know, the big building that's all rotted and tilted over. Yeah. um, You walk up a staircase, and then there's a door, and you see the door in front of you, and it's completely closed, but you still see light spilling out of it. And it's like, well, that's weird. You know, this virus, this pandemic is doing some weird things, you know. And, and you know, a little before that, you know, they're, the, the helicopter's above you and you're trying to run and with Tass and what, uh, is her name Tass? And you, they have the spotlight on you. Well, you run underneath these cliffs 
and yet when you poke out, you still see like a part of the spotlight, like like it's still on you. And it's like, light shouldn't be able to do that. You should not be able to see me right now. You should not be able to follow me with this light. But they are. And, you know, the light the light does some weird little graphical things. And, and this, this was a game made for the PS3. It looks a little better on the PS4, but it's not designed for the PS4. Um, so it's still going to have kind of a PS3-esque look to it. Um, yeah. Last of Us 2, if designed solely for the PS4, I think I would expect different. Um, but, you know, little, little graphical things like that kind of, they weren't, they weren't a big deal, but they did kind of make me raise an eyebrow there. I was like, what's, what's going on, Naughty Dog? Come on. But, Come on. you know, the photo mode, every game needs a photo mode now. Drive Club, okay, here's this. <laughs> I um I wish we had put this on the rest of the podcast so more people could hear it. But um, Drive Club, uh, someone asked uh, Evolution if they were going to do a photo mode for Drive Club, and they said they're working on it. Hell yes. With a game as pretty and with all the detail that they've put into Drive Club, oh, that game needs a photo mode. That that If there is any other game that needs a photo mode, Drive Club is one of them. Yeah, photo mode. I've spent way too much time in photo mode now. Right. Like I can't even do combat regularly anymore because every time I like hit an enemy, I gotta pause it and see if the photo is good enough. <laughs> gotcha. I like every time I'm doing anything, if the sun is shining in a certain way, oh, photo mode right away. All right. I've taken like probably a hundred screenshots with photo mode. Already. You're not the only it's, one. As soon as as soon as I when I grabbed you know when as near the start of the game, we could grab one of the enemies when you get attacked with Tess. You know, where she yeah. tells you to yeah, sneak around. I, I, I killed one of the guards, grabbed the guard, carried him over with the the, 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 you know, the sneak attack, and made a picture and uh, wanted to put the caption, wish you were here. It was <laughs> it's just the photo mode's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the photo mode is incredible. Like, there's just so many options. Uh, I, I'll agree with uh, Tim's opinion when he when he wrote the review for it that the L3 button is a terrible button for the photo mode. Why? There's so many times where I, I think I pressed it so many times on accident. Oh, I where didn't, I didn't meet I didn't know that it just, problem. What what uh, other button would you use? I mean that, that's the thing. I don't, I don't really know. I you could have put it on the D-pad, one of the D-pad buttons, I guess. I don't know, but I, actually I think it would have worked better as a touchpad. I think opening the the thing with yeah. the touchpad could have been Different. They could have kept it the way it was on the PS2, or you, or you or could just you could just put it in the options menu and not have it as a shortcut at all. You could just you know put when you pause it, the shot is behind the yeah. menu, so you could see it, and then you can choose to enter photo mode. Yeah, like there are so many times. Like, just push the button. Yeah. What's been? That sounds a bit complicated. I'd say R3 button will probably be better than the L3. I don't know, because L3, you sometimes think about crouching and stuff like that or running in games, so you might accidentally press it. While the R3 button is not really used much in games at all. Right. Well, we're going to end this soon, but there's something I want to talk about with the end, with uh, near the end first. So, Ben, I think you have to go. <laughs> how, how long are you going to be? Huh? How long are you going to be? How long am I going to be? Well, we're going to end this soon. It, it's like the podcast okay. itself was two hours. <laughs> and then we've been going on this for another 32 minutes. Okay, well, I'll stay in the chat, but I'll, I'll take the headset off for a second. Okay, sure. Just let me know if you want any if you want to say anything else, all right? Yeah, okay. Just literally say in the chat when you're done. Gotcha. Yeah, the, the little... Okay. Oh. One of the most striking things that happened in the game for me, was the zoo. Do you remember the zoo? Oh, yeah. Everybody remembers the zoo. Because <laughs> I, I didn't think about it. Like, I was just walking, and I, there was, like, a bus stop or something that had an ad for the zoo. And all of a sudden, you know, Ellie's freaking out. She's like, come on, look at this. Look, look, Come here, follow me. And so I'm following Ellie. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And there's a, she just goes into this room, and there's a freaking giraffe with its head poking in the window, eating leaves off of a tree that's growing from the wall or something like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, that's the last thing you expect to see because everything for the past hours you've been playing has been just decay. 
Like, there's yeah. society has decayed. It's kill or be killed. You or me, you know, everything, all these people are, are zombies now, and they call them infected. They're freaking zombies. Okay, they're zombies. And, and <laughs> it's just this terrible, terrible, terrible world that is trying to kill you at every turn. And then all of a sudden, there's a giraffe. And for a second, yeah. I was confused. I was like, what the heck is a giraffe doing here? And then, you know, I kind of remembered the zoo thing. I'm like, oh, I'm at the zoo. I guess the animals aren't really affected or, or the, the the infected don't bother the animals. You know, as far as I knew, this had been going on for 20 years. The, I guess the giraffes have survived. And, you know, there are more giraffes. And Ellie pulls me up to this balcony and... You know, the music changes and, and the sky's blue and, you know, it, it feels like an oasis. And I didn't want to leave. You know, I, di yeah. I didn't want to leave at all. Like, I, I could stand, after playing this dark world this whole time, I could have stood there and watched these giraffes forever. You know, it was just, it was just kind of a bit of serenity. And, and you know, I, I felt like a lot of relief just sitting here and watching that. It's like, you know, there's still something in this world, you know, and, yeah. you know, then, then eventually I guess the giraffes left and I guess I, I wanted to finish the game. So I left, but, you know, no, it, it actually is one of, one of the most striking moments of the game. Like when, when the first game first came out, like, all anybody talked about on message boards and stuff were the freaking giraffes. <laughs> and I hadn't gone to the point. I'm like, why the hell are people talking? Where's the giraffes? Are they like infected? Like people just say, wait until you get to the giraffes. No, I was actually really surprised when that game came out for at least six months after the game came out. I never read a single spoiler online, which was incredible. Like, people were really actually nice about not spoiling this game. Right. Because this is, a game, that's, this is a game that's worth not right. spoiling. This is yeah, definitely like people were actually nice enough not to spoil that game. Right. <laughs> and people on the internet are usually dicks. Yeah. So <laughs> But yeah, the giraffes like even the giraffe animation when it's eating the leaves is incredible. You're just like, holy crap, did they like motion capture a giraffe? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know Evolution motion wow. Evolution <laughs> Evolution did one better. Like I have no idea how they did this just because of the nation nature of this animal. They motion captured a cat. And I have I have no freaking clue how they got the cat to a sit still long enough <laughs> to you know put to put a suit on it put a suit on it and b to actually keep it acting normal and not just immediately flip out over having this thing wrapped around it. Um, yeah, because you know cats if if there's a balloon if you like rub if you just stick a piece of duct tape on their side they will just start walking sideways. Like, there's something pushing on them. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no idea how they motion captured a cat. No clue. Um, but, anyway, this I'm is... studying videos, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> this is not... Yeah. This isn't about Drive Club, but, like, uh, just something... I think that out of everything in that game, other than maybe the first scene, I think that's something that I will remember the most. I think I will remember the zoo. I will remember the giraffes. Like to this, even now, I, I didn't beat it long ago, but I, I can still now remember what it looked like just standing there and watching the giraffes. Uh, it, it just felt like such a contrast from everything that the game seemed to stand for. It just yeah. seemed like a huge contrast, and it seemed like just this little bit of peace before I had to go out and, and fight some more. Um, yeah. I, I do want to say though, it was really nice to come to Utah for for the end of that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Sky lives in Utah. Utah, um, and, and then I went through a tunnel, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, we ain't got no tunnel in Utah. Tunnel. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> where did they come to made a tunnel? Um, where is that from? There's no tunnel here. There were some other graphical. <laughs> there were some other graphical frustrations. For example, the the fog wherever there's spores, and uh, the subway kind of early in the game. You, you get this thing where you're in the fog and you're in, around all these chains and there's water. And there's this point where you just can't really see anything. Um, and not, not, yeah. not in a way like, oh, there's just too much fog around. It's just all the colors start blending into this dull brownish gray. And, and at one point I walked into a corner and my whole screen was just dark gray. And I'd turn around and I just wouldn't be able to see anything. And then you, you go in the water and you can't see where you are. 
And it's it's not just that it's disorienting. It's not just that there's, it's dangerous. It's not just that there's a lot of fog. You literally just can't see anything, and, and it's frustrating. Um, so I, I think that paying a little attention to that sort of stuff would have made a, a better game out of The Last of Us. But um, I also did not like the sense thing, seeing enemies through walls. The listen mode. Um, the listen mode, yeah. Yeah, I think that really took away a lot from the immersion as well. And again, like I understand, you kind of wanted to do something where you, you know where enemies are and if they're looking at you, or which direction they're facing. But I think they could have easily done that by just hiding behind a wall, yeah. like Metal Gear Solid always did. You know? Yeah, you know, there, yeah. I I do understand the purpose of it because you you kind of yeah. w- with the nature of this game, you kind of want to know what's around you and and can, how far can I go. Um, before I'm in yeah, trouble, especially with with like the clickers who kill you instantly. Exactly. Hold exactly. But the the I, I definitely see where you're coming from because I had just I've just made a big deal about how good they are about keeping the UI and all the all the game stuff out of the way of the story, out of the visuals, and then the listen mode seems to kind of go against that because no one does that. No one can see like that. Um, yeah, and I, and I think on on the harder modes. Like the hard and the and the molds off after after that they remove that you don't have access to that. I'm surprised there are so many difficulties after normal. Why <laughs> why are there like usually I'm used to okay easy normal hard, but no you you get easy you get normal and then there are like six more levels of difficulty beyond normal. It's like how hard yeah, does they, this freaking thing get? They added two more as DLC or later on. Well, not DLC as updates for the free updates for the game. No, thank and you. I think <laughs> it gets to like one hit kill from anybody. Oh, heck no. <laughs> heck no. Do you know how many times I got shot? Do you know oh, how I many know. times I got No, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> he'll, put me, he'll put me in the mental hospital. Um, <laughs> can I talk about the end for just a moment? Um, well, since Ben isn't here, since sure. ben isn't here the ending of the game was really striking to me. I'm impressed by how they managed to kind of keep you guessing because by this point, Joel loves Ellie. Like Ellie's a daughter to Joel. Yeah. And they get to the hospital. They find, um, what's her face? Uh, M. Mag. Ellie's friend. They find Ellie's friend and they find the fireflies and, you know, or, or the fireflies find them, I should say, and bring them there. And, and Joel's unconscious because they didn't realize who he was and they knocked him out. And um, was her name Marlene? I think it was Marlene. Yeah. Marlene, Marlene. Marlene tells him, yeah, we have Ellie. We're working on it. You know, she's going for surgery. We're about to get the cure. And at this point, I am on Marlene's side because... I have just been through this world and I have seen what it's done to people and I've seen the destruction and I've seen the decay of absolutely everything around me. Nothing works. Everything has plants growing out of it. Like everything is just in a state of ruin. And I have seen what this virus has done to this world. And I am on Marlene's side when she says, yeah, this is going to kill Ellie. Not because I want her to kill Ellie, but because this virus needs to go, you know? And there, there is a big part of me that's like, oh my goodness, no, Ellie, please don't kill Ellie. But there's a big part of me that's like, I completely understand why, you're, you, why you want to do what you're going to do. And, yeah. and then you get to Joel, and, and, you know, you kind of expect Joel to... I guess in other games it would probably be like, you know, the hero's like, oh, well, you know, guess it wasn't meant to be, all of this stuff. But Joel just loses it. Like, he's like, no, no, this is not happening. And even though he knows better than everybody what the solution to this situation means, he is not willing to give up Ellie for it. And the whole time after this this whole fight scene, because now he has to fight the fireflies to get Ellie out of there. Um, he has to fight the fire, the fireflies the whole time. I'm like, Joel, Oh, Joel, come on. You know, I, there's part of me that needs to beat the fireflies cause I want to continue the game. And there's part of me that wants the fireflies to capture Joel because I know the seriousness of what's going on. 
And I know what Ellie would want, like Marlene says, I know what Ellie would want, and I know what's going on. And, you know, Joel fights ridiculously hard, and he gets Ellie, and he ends up stumbling across Marlene, who has a gun to his head, and eventually she puts the gun down when she's trying to, she's trying to calm him down, she's trying to explain what's going on. And, you know, you kind of think, well, obviously he's going to realize, you know, this is the fate of the entire world. This is lives. This is families. This is homes. This is survival. This is everything that you have seen, everything that you have been through over the past year. This is how you solve it. And I fully expected him to be like, okay, I understand. But then you flip over to Ellie and the minute you flip over to Ellie, he's in the car and you see Ellie's in the back of the car. And the minute he flips over there, like my face just falls. I'm like, Joel, what are you doing? What have you done, Joel? And, you know, then it flips back and forth to, I mean, Joel's interaction with Marlene when he had, when he, when he found Ellie and he actually kills Marlene. I'm like, Joel, no, you know, these are the people that can stop this. You're taking this away from them. And then, like, when he, at the end he he lies to Ellie, like, Ellie tells him, Ellie tells him, Joel, this is important. Everything that you told me, that the Fireflies have given up on finding a cure, that the fire, that this is over, that this is our world now, I need to know that it's true. And he says, yeah. And Ellie says, Okay. Like, Ellie, Ellie trusts him more than anybody. Ellie trusts him. And he is lying to her face. And it's not just lying about, oh, no, that dress does not make you look fat. It's lying about, oh, no, that you really can't save the world anymore. Everyone's going to die, and there's nothing we can do about it. That's pretty big. And at that point, the game ends. And it's at that point, I think I applauded because, you know, Naughty Dog left open a very interesting new scene for The Last of Us 2, if and when that comes. You know, if they could they could definitely leave it here and leave it be like, oh, well, I guess we're all doomed, you know. But th this is a perfect opening for the next game. And, you know, all I'm thinking at that point is when Ellie finds out... When, when, not if, when Ellie finds out that Joel lied to her and not just lied to her, but lied to her about something so critically, hugely, gargantuanly important, that's just going to break them apart. That's just going to rip them apart. And, and it's going to be yeah. back to square one. And you, it, it's, it's, it just kind of tugs at you, you know? It, it tugs, and it's like, this isn't over. You know, this could have been over. Everything I've just fought for could have been over, but it's not over. And I want it to be over, and I want to fix this. So at this point, I'm looking forward to The Last of Us 2 because I want to continue, and I want to see where this goes. And I am so disappointed in this arrangement of pixels named Joel who <laughs> decided to kill the world because he couldn't give up Ellie. It's partly kind of sweet because, you know, you know what he's been through. And you, you come to respect the attachment that he feels to Ellie. But at the same time, it's like, I want this virus to die. I don't want to kill any more zombies. <laughs> I get to kill more yeah. zombies. Anyway. Well, see, here's the thing, though. We, we kind of interpret it differently, you and I. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to like the, the ending when they're talking at the end, you know, uh, he, told, he tells her that the Fireflies have found more people who have the cure and they don't need you anymore. Um, when she asked him that question, the way I took it, uh, if you, I, I really paid attention to, to her expression the entire time, because when he tells her no, I, I personally believe that she knows that he's lying to her, but she's just accepting it at that point. Um, just the way, uh, her facial expression, the way her eyes kind of move, kind of, they kind of go down, like she's really disappointed that he didn't tell her the truth. But I also believe that she knows, and he just doesn't tell her the truth, and she's disappointed in that. I just, um, I just I figured that she was disappointed because she knows the weight of the situation. Like she thought, I mean, all this time she thought she was the cure for all of this, 
and mm-hmm. finding out that, oh, well, you know, we found a bunch of people who have the cure and it didn't do a lick of good, so they don't need you anymore. It's like, oh, you know, like... Yeah, see, and that's kind of the interpretation. Right. You know, um, I have a question for you, though. When you get to Ellie, when she's in the operating room, did you kill the doctors that were there? Well, yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> I killed one of them. I killed the one because there was one person who, he, I guess he was pointing a scalpel at me and he was telling me not to come closer. And uh-huh. I didn't want to kill him, but I tried moving around and I tried leaving and coming back and, and the game wasn't letting me do anything else. Um, so I killed that doctor and the other doctor flipped out and I left them alone. Um, I, I, I really just wanted to get, I didn't want to kill the doctor. I just wanted to get Ellie. Um, so I, I shot the guy that was preventing me from moving forward in the game, basically. And I got, and I left the others alone and I got Ellie. What, like, is there something different if you, is there a way to not kill the doctor? Uh, I knocked him out. Um, but the reason I asked this is, um... I remember reading oh, when the game came out, uh, a few months after the game came out, that uh, Naughty Dog said that the reason they left that scene actually playable and not an actual cutscene is because they wanted to see what people would do. Would they kill the doctors or would they kind of let them go? Oh. And the reason, I, 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 if I remember it correctly, the reason they said they did that is to see if you were put in that position like throughout the whole game, you know, the relationship you built, how much you cared about the characters, were you on Joel's side or were you on the, the, the saving the world side? Well, and they left that scene open. Like if you were pissed off and like, hell no, I want to save her. She's my daughter. I'm going to kill everything. So you killed everybody, hmm. you know? And if you weren't, then you'd kind of, you, you'd pretty much let them live because you're more, you know, Oh, I know they're important, but I gotta follow, you know, what the kind of what the game is telling me. Well, if you ask me, that's a rather bad way to judge that, isn't it? Because the way I took it is, I don't have a choice. I have to kill them. I, I, to tell the truth, I didn't even think about knocking him out. You know, I, I would have done that if I had thought. Yeah, it's just that the the way that you're put in this position, and, and I spent like a full minute trying to figure out, oh, is there is there something else I can do here? And then I didn't, and I was like, well, I, I suppose I have to kill the doctor. So I did. I didn't want to kill the doctor, you know? I wasn't yeah. necessarily on Joel. I understood what Joel was going through, but I wasn't necessarily on Joel's side. I, I it, It's just I, I thought that that's what I had to do. I just thought that that's what the game wanted me to do. So I, I think that's a weird way of measuring that. Yeah, but, you know, it's to, to me, like... W- you kind of have to, like you said, in his point of view, you know, he's lost one daughter. He pretty much sees Ellie as another daughter. And from a father's perspective, like, we're not dads. We won't know what we would do if our daughter was in this position. Yeah. You know, like we can say, you know, oh, well, obviously we'll let her die to save the whole world. But we're not in that position. We won't know. Right. It's, we're there. Uh, and, you know, for him, I, I totally understand where he's coming from. Um, I, I am really sad that he lied to her at the end, like you. Uh, I was really pissed off. I really wanted him to, to tell her the truth, no matter what it's going to cost him. But he lied. And like I say, in my opinion, I think she knows that he lied, and she was just really disappointed that he lied to her about it. I, I don't... But, here, here's why I think that that's... Here's why... I think the main reason I disagree with you there is because if there is a Last of Us 2... Her not knowing that he lied would probably make a very compelling story compared to her knowing and just being disappointed that he didn't tell her. Because her being disappointed that he didn't tell her, that could go like that. But her not knowing, you can do so much with uh, story-wise, you know? Like her almost kind of, maybe someone survived um, the Fireflies thing. Maybe he didn't kill everyone. Maybe someone else was involved and shows up at, that could tell her the truth, you know, like they, mm. they could, they could, I think they can do more with a story like that. So I, I don't I think that's the biggest reason I, I don't see it that way, but I do think it's an interesting thought, like, you know, her knowing the truth, but I, I feel like if she knew the truth, she would probably be pretty upset. Like even, she seems like someone who, even if it really meant her life, 
after all that she's seen, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it would probably take some time, but I feel like it's something that she would go through with. Yeah. If she knew that they wanted her to do so. Yeah, but see, the thing is, they never told her that she has to die. Yeah, they never told her that she has to die. So we don't really know what she would have Like, we think, yeah, she should give up her life, but would she really after making this connection with Joel? Right. And how would that would make him feel? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Naughty Dog is just so good at, at what they did there. With the whole story and the connection those two characters had, it just it blew my mind, and they deserve all the credit in the world. Absolutely. For, for what they've achieved. Absolutely. Especially through story. Like when that game came out, I remember talking about it with uh, Ben and Chris and, and Mike, I believe it was. You know, we said that game single-handedly proves that storylines, single-player storylines can still exist and be this incredible. You don't have to have a multiplayer to make a game incredible. No. And Lost of Us does have a multiplayer, and I don't know why. You know, I, I feel like it's just something, oh, well, you know, maybe we should try and give it some staying power. Let's do a multiplayer. Yeah, I haven't played it on the PS3. I'll, I'll probably give it a shot on the PS4 just to, to try it out, but I, probably I don't won't. see myself. I probably won't even give it a second glance. Um, <laughs> to be honest, Uncharted 3's multiplayer was kind of nice. Um, it, yeah. it wasn't bad at all. In fact, I, I remember having quite a bit of fun with it um, with, a, with a few friends, but... You know, it's not anything that does... It doesn't do anything at all for the game. Like The game could survive without it. It doesn't need to be there. Um, yeah. Although, you know, frankly, just a while ago, I said I probably wouldn't go back and play it a second time right away, so maybe that's what they're after, but I'm just not interested. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I still kind of give it an... I still kind of want to give it an 8. Uh, the story was ridiculously good, but the gameplay got too annoying. Like, to the point where, I, if it weren't for the gameplay, I probably would play it again. But the fact that there are just these long, 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 long periods of just being tense because you think zombies are about to kill you around every corner, <laughs> I, I I can do without doing that again. Yeah. See, see, what's funny is, when I first played it, I, I literally snuck around everything. Yeah, you, you know, I only killed the enemies that I had to kill. Yeah, and like it, it's funny, like when whenever I got seen, mm-hmm. even by like the, the runner enemies that I can just take out easily, right. I like screw this. I restarted the checkpoint all the time. Right. I wanted to get through the game that way without being seen. Right. Okay. But but now that I'm playing it the second time on the PS4, I'm like screw this. I'm going guns blazing. Oh, lead pipes with knives. I'm just killing everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, I like, I like <laughs> the flamethrower. Let me, let's, let's get Ben back in real quick. Okay. Um, I am back. Oh, you are back. You, you weren't listening to all that, were you? No, I kept turning it up and down based on if I could hear anything. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So, Sorry. What, yeah. Real quick, um, we've spent a good hour on this in addition to a two-hour podcast. Um, we should just release it as a separate podcast. We should probably, we probably should. We might, we might. Um, yeah. Let's <laughs> just because it's just going to scare people off. I think. Uh, but real, yeah. real quick before we go, what was your favorite weapon in the game? Uh, for me, yes. Uh, it was the the freaking toolbox bomb thing, man. That had like the spikes and the needles and the scissors oh, in the, it. The nail bomb. Yeah, that oh, thing yeah, was that's amazing. Awesome. I love that thing. <laughs> and how about you, Ben? I think the same weapon, but I love the shiv as well, especially if you can use it for multiple things, not just killing. You know, you can use it to open stuff with. And... Um, I think, yeah. yeah. The, the, shiv was, the shiv was really useful. I just wish it lasted a little longer. Yeah. I, I was really hoping um, when I played Ellie that I'd be able to keep her knife so I wouldn't have to make <laughs> any more shivs. Um, I think mine, and this may be a slight spoiler for Ben, but not a really big deal, um, because it comes later. I think mine would be the flamethrower. Yeah. Because it, oh, that's cool. it made it so much easier to attack, like, the, the stupid bloater things. And, and, you know, if there were a bunch of clickers coming at me, it, it really made it easier to deal with them um, than some of the other methods. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I don't know how we're going to release this. I don't know if I'm going to stick this with the rest of the podcast or put it as a separate file. It is a full hour. I might do the latter. Um, but anyway, once again, guys, tune in for episode 30 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour next week. I am the Commissioner Glenn Gordon here with the original Ben Sterling and KGB ba- ba- Gary Bagdasarov. I can't speak your name. Um, <laughs> so uh, just once again... We wish you a great week, great gaming, and as always, don't be a racist.